Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are talking today with J.M. DeBoard about dreams. And Linda, you know, I have really crazy, crazy dreams, and then I have really just boring, prosaic dreams. Like, there doesn't seem to be any in between. I'm like a pendulum that swims, like swings back and forth. Well, you know, I don't think I have, I haven't had really crazy, I don't know what you mean by crazy dreams, but I have hadn't had crazy dreams, you know, whether they're, I'm, I'm being chased or I'm naked or, you know, I don't know if those are crazy dreams to you or not, but um, most of my dreams are just pretty, I guess, matter of fact, but I, and I wake up and I remember them for about 30 seconds or a minute and then uh, I may close my eyes again and then they're gone. Wow. So they really so I don't remember them. They don't that. they won't really when when I when I first wake up then I say oh that's really interesting and I think about it for a second and then I don't remember it after I you know after I'm up for like a minute or two so they just sort of disappear. So wow. Linda after all the time that we've spent together on the radio and all the <laughs> things you know about dreams you are not keeping a dream journal yet. No, I'm not keeping a dream journal. I'm, uh, you know, I just am not keeping a dream journal. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, you mean so when I'm, I'm when I get up and I'm going through that thirty seconds or a minute or a minute and a half of remembering the dream. That's the time to be writing it down. Absolutely, because you have a small window of opportunity to retrieve and hold on to those memories. They're yeah. they're still there in your brain, but they're your dreams are told to you in their their the memories are kept in short term storage. And if you don't process that short term memory, then it doesn't get a chance to go into longer term storage. So uh. um, there's a two part process that happens. One, you get the you know better memory of the dreams, but you're also processing the content of the dream consciously, and it can help you to pull more meaning and message out of the dreams. Okay. Well, you know, I just have to get that book by, uh, by my bed, and when I wake up in the morning, just just, just do it. That's, that's all I can say. I mean, I, I really I don't think of it, but now that you've reminded me again, um, I, really, I really will, because um, they, they're like clouds. You know they're very. You know they're 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 like clouds. They just kind of they're they're wispy and they just float by, and then that that seems to be the end of it. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I tell you, that's very common for people to not be able to remember their dreams very well, or for the memories to disappear very quickly. And the it really it, all it takes is a little bit of practice. And okay. that 
focus as soon as you wake up in the morning where you go, okay, wait, 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 the world can wait. I want to think about my dreams for a couple minutes here. I want to write them down. Um, it can really be a great benefit for yourself, for your life. It, there are a lot of, of messages that come to you in yeah, your dreams that, I'm sure. you know, they can help you understand yourself and your life better. So, you know, okay. that we've talked about this a lot. Yes, today. of course. And I, you know what, I'm going to do it. And the next time you're on the show, I will report back. I'm going to do, I'm going to put a, 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 a dream book by my, by my uh, bed table tonight and I will start. So I, I will wake up a little bit early. I wake up, so early. I'm up by, you know, 5, 5.30, so there's no excuse. So I don't even have to compete with Morning Joe because I, I get up early to listen to Morning Joe, but I'll do this before. Yeah, and keep that dream, keep the journal by your side, and also a book about dreams, like my new book, The Dream Interpretation Dictionary. You can be like, okay, I dreamt about a cloud, and, you know, or the sky, or a UFO, or, you know, in the last episode with Sandra, we were talking about, you know, what does pregnancy mean in a dream? It's often a metaphor. It doesn't mean you're really pregnant, you know? No. But it could be that you're pregnant with an idea, and if you understand the dream better and what it's really telling you, then you can help to push the process along. You can help it along, but you have to understand what the meaning of the dream is first. So yeah, you have my book at your bedside or any good dream book and pop it open where you can look up the, uh, you know, look up a symbol, see what it could mean, and then just go through the process of going, well, what is the dream really telling me? What do my feelings about the dream really tell me? And then usually there's something that you can pull out of it that will oh, be I'm, I'm significant sure. to you. Yeah, I'm sure that there is. Um, you know, the things that I remember sometimes are recurring dreams, you know, dreams that I've had um, several times because, you know, I guess you remember them and, and, and they, they're more of an impact. Um, but, you know, these little flimsy dreams, <laughs> but I'm going to write them down because they're, they're, none of them are flimsy. They're, they all mean something, and, and, and I'm sure that I'm going to get a lot out of it. And just as um, uh, to pick up on that, I took recurring dreams were originally an entry in the uh, dictionary portion of my book, and I decided that I would move it into the introduction because I really wanted to draw special focus on recurring dreams because I called them the low-hanging fruit. If you are going to get into interpreting your dreams, you really want to understand your dreams, well, where do you begin? The lowest hanging fruit is your recurring dreams because that is where you have these, well, A, they're easier to remember, and B, you can make the connection between yourself and your life more easily. You know that there are certain things that a recurring dream tells you, uh, such as that it is could be a recurring situation in your life. You know, you go to work, you see your family, you see your friends, they appear in your dreams. Okay, well, in one sense, that's a recurring dream. But you also can have these dreams where it's like there's a story that is continuing. It's like a, a TV series that picks up where the last episode left off or a movie that has a sequel, you know, and you know because... Because this story is advancing, you know that it's telling a story about what's going on in your life. So, or, yeah, pay yeah. attention to your dreams. Or even that can be a precursor to the future. I remember I had one recurring dream for, I don't know, a year or two years. I mean, I didn't have it every night, but I, but I would have it quite often. And I know that I was looking for a bigger apartment. And... I, well, no, I was in real, you know, in, in waking life, I was looking for a bigger apartment, and I would dream that the apartment that I had, there was actually more, there was secret doors, and then when I opened them, I had all of this space, 
and I didn't even know it was there kind of thing. And I kept having this dream a lot about there was more space than I thought there was, and I just had opened these doors and blah, blah, blah. Well, the bottom line is after that dream is that I ended up buying two more apartments that were adjacent to mine and did an expansion. And as soon as I bought those other apartments and we started to do the, you know, the reconstruction, those dreams went away. Wow. You know, you would look at at first, you would look at that as symbolism for like, oh, I'm expanding myself as a person or I'm expanding my life. But in your case, there was quite the, you know, a, a literal uh, yeah. to the dream. <laughs> yeah. And perhaps, perhaps the dream influenced you in a way uh, could be consciously or subconsciously where instead of looking beyond your apartment into another building, you then got the idea, I don't know if it influenced you this way, but I have a kind of a hunch that perhaps the dream gave you the idea to maybe look a little closer to home for room to expand. Yeah, because I was out looking and um, and I really loved my apartment the way the way it was, a smaller apartment. And every time I would come back from looking at larger apartments, I came back to this one and I said, "Oh, I really love it here because I mean, I'm really on, I'm on a top floor and I have a beautiful view and it's bright and it's you know I walk in and it makes me happy." So I, I was limited in the space, but I but I loved everything else. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said to him, let's see, and, and let's see what will come of this. Let's, let's talk to our neighbors and see if anybody's planning to move. And they weren't you know, a, 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 right at the beginning, but slowly, you know, one did. He was getting married and needed a bigger apartment. That was the first one. And unfortunately, the second one, uh, we had a bid in as an apartment. Um, unfortunately, the guy died. We were away. The guy died. I uh, got a call when we got back from his sister. He said, we found your bid. You own it. Oh, wow. You know, that, that is such a, uh, it's almost like there was a precursor of the future going on there. And I, you know, um, I've seen this a lot with um, this type of dream with moving into a new place, because it is such an important decision. And I have uh, encountered reports of people who they dreamed about the home that they were going to move into before they even knew that that home existed. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of symbolism with it. But if you out there, you know, you, Linda, or any of the listeners out there, if you are considering buying a home, changing locations, you know, whatever it is, uh, this this is a really important decision. And it's great to have this guidance that will lead you to the right place for you. And if you dream about it ahead of time and then you walk in and you're you know, real estate agent or whoever is showing you a new listing and you walk in and you go, wow, I think I've seen this place before, you know, and if in the dream you had a really good feeling about it and, you know, like, okay, you know, I know one guy who dreamed that a, a house was, uh, he found buried treasure in the backyard. He ended up buying the house, even though his wife thought that it was not worth the money, that the house was a little run down. But he knew from his instincts, he said, all we need to do is fix this place up a little bit. Look at the neighborhood. Look at the location. And he, like, doubled the value of his home. And so his home was that treasure. You know, yeah. he dug it up out of the backyard. So your dreams can't tell you. But if you walk into the house and it's like, oh, wait, there's a body buried underneath the floorboards or there's, you know, the roof is leaking. Or, you know, <laughs> there's burglars or the neighbors are blaring their music all night. 
might you might be you, you know it's sort of like the uh you know the ghost in the movie that says get out you know type, <laughs> yeah, get away from this piece of property you don't need it man you're <laughs> it's going to be trouble <laughs> no this worked out well for me and i hope it works out well for others i mean and it's just you you've got to go with 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 you know your gut your instincts your dreams your and when we come back i mean i want to where did where did that come from did that come from my soul i mean i think that's a whole new discussion about you know these messages that we dream about where are they are they coming from our psyche from our soul from where you know or is really, it a variety yeah, all of the above, really. But we can get into that. It's uh, precognitive dreams, and um, it is a subject that I have uh, studied. I've looked into the research, and I got a few things that we might be able oh. to dig into about Terrific. it. Terrific. So, well, when well, we come uh, back from the break, we were, we're going to do that because I think it's a fascinating subject. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's marching Did you hear about the Gabrielunzi bear caught rummaging through a refrigerator in an apartment in Colorado? The tenant heard noises coming from the kitchen and saw a bear with his head in the fridge looking for anything it could eat. What's a word for food that's unfit for human consumption? Ma wallop. The tenant locked himself in his bedroom and called for help. What's a word for the fear of bears? Ursophobia. We have lots of bears near our Colorado cabin, and we have been told that pepper spray will keep them away. But the idea that it would keep a 500-pound grizzly bear from attacking seems ridiculous to me. I think I'll try the pepper spray on myself and hope the bear doesn't like spicy foods. It's Marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. We're here today with J.M. DeBoard and Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we all need to take a little bit better care of ourselves. And taking care of our mental health is no exception. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist, handpicked just for you, for as little as $32 a week. Using Talkspace, you can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages whenever you want, or even do a live video chat. Want to vent about work or family? 
or talk through something that's been on your mind. No problem. Your therapist is ready to help. To sign up or to learn more, go to Talkspace.com slash P-U-T-R, like Powered Up Talk Radio, and as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code P-U-T-R to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's P-U-T-R and Talkspace.com slash P-U-T-R. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. The first consideration is, is that you have a an ability to be able to uh, put together patterns to see how things connect together. And the uh, the subconscious part of your mind, especially, is very good at reminding you of what you already know or of helping you to put the pieces together. Oftentimes, our, you know, our minds are bombarded with information. I've heard that we only process you know, a small percentage, maybe even as low as 2% of what the mind, of what the senses are taking in at any moment actually gets consciously processed. The rest of this is kind of going into the background. And when I say consciously processed, I mean the information that is coming to you, that's coming into your mind. So you can see patterns. But of course, in some cases, you know, like with what Linda and I were talking about there, what we were all talking about in the last segment was you get this information that seems to just come right out of the blue. And you're like, well, there's no way that this was like a pattern that I saw, you know, or you dream about a house that you've never been to. And then your real estate agent takes you there a day or a week later or something. And you go, wait, I've been here before. You know, that feeling of deja vu is actually, there are different reasons for it, but one of them is is that you are suddenly reminded of a dream that showed you where you were going to be and what was going to happen in the future. So you have that feeling of tingly recognition because you go, wait, I've dreamed about this. And the feeling of deja vu is what tells you that you are remembering it and you're feeling it and you're going, oh, okay. For people who don't remember their dreams very well, it could happen all the time and you know that they're they're getting these reminders through their that feeling of deja vu that they have actually dreamed about this event or time or situation in their life they've dreamed about it ahead of time where does it come from well i here it is the best that i have been able to find after digging into the very best research into this. And by the way, precognition has been proven in laboratory settings. So we know that this is a real phenomenon. It's just not accepted widely in the mainstream scientific community. And they will always find a way of poking a hole in a study or something to say, well, you know, your results couldn't be because there is no such thing as precognition. They're starting off by saying there is no such thing. So of course your results can't be right. But where does it come from? The mind has the ability to detach from this linear time that we experience when we're awake. You know, the clock ticks, you know, the calendar advances. And we think of time as this linear progression. But if you really dig into the physics of time, if you read what Einstein and others have written about what is the true nature of time, time is not the way that we measure it on a clock. Time is something different. In fact, Einstein is quoted as saying that time as we know it is an illusion, so what I found is, is that the mind has the ability to detach and see time from, shall we say, a higher perspective, a broader perspective. It can look forward. It can look back. It can see things. I know people who have come up with dreams where they knew that, let's say, that uh, they were adopted, but they never knew that. And they get a dream that shows them 
the moments in time that their mother experienced with the father that they never knew and don't even know, didn't know until they had the dream about it, that that father even existed out there. That, you know, these amazing pieces of information that have come to people from to, in their dreams, and it tells them about what's happened in the past, and it can also show them what's going to happen in the future. Uh, retrocognition is seeing things in the past, and precognition is seeing things mm -hmm. in the future. It's much more common. In fact, anybody can do it. It does happen to everyone. It's just that most people don't remember their dreams well enough, so they don't know that it happens to them, too. Boy, I love that. I think, I, you know, I, when you were talking that, I said, oh, my God, I, I believe that 100%. You know, I think we limit ourselves in our thinking to, to, to just see what's in front of our face, and, and, and that is so – we've got such – we've got such power, and, and – we limit ourselves to to the, the tiniest little bit when when we're capable of doing all of these magical, wonderful things. Yeah, and you know, if people knew that their dreams were the gateway to this larger experience of life and to this uh, deeper abilities that everyone has, even if you just want to call it, you know, intuitions and hunches. Uh, you, you can get this through your dreams and it begins with dream work because dream work, you know, like what you and I talked about with, hey, yeah. keep a dream journal, look up the symbols in your dreams, spend a little time in the morning. It doesn't have to be, you know, all morning. You can take 10, 15 minutes, write down your dreams, think about them a little bit. That establishes a relationship with this other side of your mind where your dreams come from. It's the unconscious mind. And most people don't even know that there is such a thing as an unconscious mind. And if they do, they think uh. that it's what Freud talked about. Like, oh, it's just a repository for all the things I don't want to think about. You know, my secret wishes and desires or my repressed Oedipal complexes or whatever. And I go, no, 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 no. I, there is a much greater thing to the unconscious. It is a link to your deeper mind and about 95% of your mind is unconscious. So your conscious mind, what you are consciously aware of about yourself for most people is a small fraction. It's the tip of the iceberg. And as you develop this relationship with your unconscious mind, you find that these greater possibilities open up to you, that these deeper abilities open up to you, that you have these hunches about you situations and circumstances and people you can yeah. see the way forward you can get great ideas for you know like i mentioned einstein earlier a lot of people don't know that his theory of relativity started with a dream he had a dream as a teenager about sledding and going downhill faster and faster and faster until he approached the speed of light and he looked around him and he started noticing like time is slowing down how is that how is time connected to motion Relativity, all objects are in relative position to each other. And that's where it all started. He changed physics because if you look at what people thought of physics before then and Newtonian laws and all that, you would realize Einstein was revolutionary. In fact, there were a hundred of the most prominent scientists, researchers, acad academics of his time wrote a book saying that he was wrong. It's called 100 Authors Against Einstein. And do you know what his reply was? His reply was, "It'll if if I'm wrong, it only takes one of them to prove it." <laughs> oh. He was a wise I, man. I, oh my God! I you know I just love that, and you know anytime you come up with something, there's going to be a million naysayers, and just to to stay in your lane and really believe what you're seeing, talking about doing i mean you know it's challenging, but the one the the people that we read about the you know the real pioneers 
you know, like Einstein, like Steve Jobs, people that, and, and, and even Jeff Bezos with Amazon, that's, they're changing the world. It's coming from somewhere. Yeah, you know, Google you know? was, uh, Larry Page founded Google. The idea for Google came to him in a dream. He was a Stanford uh, uh, graduate student looking for what he was going to study uh, to be as his, you know, for his PhD work. And he was batting it around in his mind. And he, you know, the internet was new at the time. This is the mid 1990s, maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this dream that he could download the content from, you know, to basically send a uh, uh, what they call a spider. It's a it's a it's a uh, computer program that goes out on and sees everything that's on the internet, pulls yeah. down the content, and then he said, "Well, now if I can pull that content down to the servers that we have here at school, and remembering most of the most people at the time were using something called AOL dial-up connection, you know, <laughs> yes, or Comcast. I remember service, it well. You know, twenty-eight eight K modems. You know, it would take you five minutes to download a picture." But yeah. at Stanford, they had the very latest technology. They had large-scale servers. They had big, fat internet pipes, which at the time is, you know, <laughs> compared to now was nothing. But um, at the time, it was they were in a position that they could do this. So he had the dream. He said he woke up in the middle of the night. He furiously wrote down all of the information from the dream and then started brainstorming his own ideas. And that was the genesis of Google. He went to his program advisor. The, pro- the advisor gave him the approval for it. He got all the resources he needed. He started downloading all the content off of the Internet and then using his what's called page rank, Larry Page, page yeah. rank to that was his algorithm that he first wrote to be able to wow. um, determine what content was better. I came along in 1999 or so, 2000 with an internet startup. And the guy who was the main system admin told me about this site called Google because my job in marketing was to spend all day looking for people that we could connect with and uh, sites that we could connect with. And he saw me using like, you know, Yahoo or Ask.com or Excite or whatever was the big one at the time. He goes, no, man, you'll get better results using Google. Oh, <laughs> nobody, said, what nobody the hell is Google, right? <laughs> I'm like, what's a Google, you know? Yeah. And of course now Google is synonymous with search. Um, so these are just some examples. People have made real breakthroughs with dreams. They've oh, made discoveries. God. They founded businesses. They've changed lives. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot that can be gained from it. And yet, and, and yet, and, Linda, Sandra, what is the common thing out there? Oh, dreams are meaningless. There's no um, paying attention. Well, because um, people just are so dense. That's all I can say. I mean, we have to open up to allow all these wonderful things to happen. Don't be afraid of them. They're, you know, I don't know why people are afraid of, of going inside and letting these wonderful things happen to, to us, you know? Well, you know, and let them be dense because it gives us, the people who are really digging into our dreams, um, it gives us a leg up. It's kind of like if there was a, uh, a great new training program out there that could give certain athletes an advantage. And it shows on the field. And when it shows on the field, it means, you know, that they get bigger contracts or they get to go to a better school or, you know, they get a better scholarship or whatever it is. It has real tangible results for them because they know about a secret training program that does gives them better results than it does for all of the other people out there who are trying to get to the same place that they are. You know, there's a big competition out there. And this is one of the things I call it the eighth habit of highly effective people. 
This is something I have found in all my years of dream work, dream study, giving public lectures, talking to people about their dreams. You know, everybody remembers the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Well, the eighth habit is dream work. It's tracking your dreams, giving them attention, working with them, trying to understand them. This is something that when you talk to people who are in very high levels in their professions and their lives, um, and you ask them. We'll continue after the break, but I'm starting tonight. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. I've convinced you. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. have a lot of spizzerinktum or the will to win and you have a strong desire to be a part of your favorite sports team the national hockey league might be for you did you know that if both goalies on an nhl hockey team are injured anyone at the game is eligible to step in and play the part Teams have resorted to using their coaches, team owners, and even their web designers to fill in for injured goalies. It's as simple as slipping into your breezers or hockey pants. The original hockey puck was made out of frozen cow dung. The fastest puck shot on record was clocked at 114 miles per hour. And I'd like to take this opportunity to send out a special thanks to the men and women of our armed forces serving our country around the world. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are speaking today with J.M. DeVore, Dream Expert. And when we went to break, we were talking a little bit about how innovation and creativity and dreams are intertwined. But one of the things that I want to talk to about this segment is how feelings are intertwined with our dreams and how can our dreams help us identify our feelings. I know that when I'm going 100 miles an hour uh, during my work day and taking care of my kids, I find that I have these dreams that don't make sense to me till the next day. And then I think about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I was thinking about that, because of this happened. And I stuffed my feelings down so I could get through the day. 
And of course, if you stuff your feelings down to get through the day, your dreams are going to express your feelings by that night. Um, this is one of the things that I'm asked about a lot by people whose lives are are stressful and busy um, is why would your dreams then be stressful and busy? Why aren't they just like idyllic, you know, idyllic and and peaceful? And I go, well, look, if think of it this way. If you woke up tomorrow after a night of sleep and you picked up where you left off with your stressful day the day before, how long are you going to make it? You need that chance to vent. So when you have very powerful dreams that trigger your feelings, your emotions, then there's a reason for it. It is doing an essential function for you, which is it's helping to clear out what was from the day before so that you have room for the next day. So there is a good reason for it. And they... You know, it, it's hard to, you know, to understand when you are in the midst of it and you're experiencing these very powerful, potent, you know, dreams by night and your day is stressful and busy and you go, God, can I just get a break? Well, you think of it as a survival mechanism, you know, the dreams are going to help you get through it. Now, here's another thing is, you know, I say that your feelings are your best guide to your dreams, that your feelings can tell you more than anything else about your dreams than anything else, because your dreams are going through a two-part process of creating symbolic imagery, which is connected to yourself and your life, especially your recent life. And then it's also creating emotional components to that symbolism. It's tying it together with your emotions so really what you can see in a dream is your emotional landscape, your emotional life played out. In fact, here's a common theme after having a really bad fight or argument is to dream about a battlefield. Why is it a battlefield? Because you have been battling with somebody in your life. Why is why are bombs dropping? Why does it look like, you know, that it's been hit with napalm? You know, why is it burnt out? Why are there dead bodies everywhere? Well, because that's how you feel. It's your emotional landscape. You've just been through, you know, these terrible battles with someone, and this is how you feel. Your dreams are going to express it for you. It's going to show you in the symbolic imagery the situation. You know, it's a battlefield, and then it's going to show you how you feel about it. You feel scarred. You feel torn. You feel blasted. Yeah. So when you can look at your dreams that way, they really start to make sense. You go, oh, okay, well, there's, it's a symbolism here and it's helping me to express my feelings. It can go on the good side too. The dramatic, you know, bad sort of stuff like, you know, arguments and fights and stuff is a great example because I can think of right off the top of my head, you know, but it's not to say that that's the only thing that you're going to dream about, you know, that well, anything like, that am, good is I'm happening in your life. Yeah. Tired or like, you know, the, the last week I had this dream where I was in an aircraft or I was driving an aircraft carrier of all my family and friends and it kept like driving and crashing through the sand, you know, and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to interpret that. And there was so much going on in my life and there was so much on my shoulders and I can't help but think that was a reflection of all of the heaviness I was feeling that I was carrying in my life. Can you kind of deconstruct that, uh, you know, dream? Great association because an aircraft carrier is the biggest, heaviest, you know, ship on the ocean, right? So that's one component of it. You have your family and friends on the boat with you. That could be the symbolic component that's tying in with your life. That's the, uh, 
you know, that you're leading all of these people and you're responsible for them. You are the captain of the ship and then put it together with the idea this is a huge ship that is meant to go through water, but if it has to cut through sand, well, now it's going to have real difficulty. You know, it's going to start to feel really heavy. You know, sand and deserts tend to say that you feel dry inside, that you're, you, you, you don't have the emotions that you need to fill that ocean and help the boat to move. You know, instead, you're plowing through sand. And really, what I see in that is a very graphic metaphor for how you felt at the time. So what do you do with something like that? When you have a dream that tells you, oh, this is a graphic way of depicting how I feel. Well, it's saying that there's something that's missing right now. And that if I want to continue being the captain of this ship, I've got to figure out a way of pulling in more positive emotions into this. I need to feel better about this. So what do I do? Now you have steps that you can take. You know, it, it could be like going to a yoga class, going out with your girls, uh, spending some time alone. Um, doing something that is going to trigger your emotions, go out into nature, pet your, you know, get some time with your pets, something that triggers good emotional responses to you that helps you to fill the reservoir. You know, now you can meet what the dream is telling you as a need. You can meet that need by consciously recognizing the dream, what it's really telling you, and then making a decision. Okay. Say, okay, dream. Thank you for pointing it out to me. Thank you for giving me that story that really makes it obvious. I kind of knew it, but I was ignoring it. And you're telling me that if I'm going to continue playing this role and really being able to make progress in this role as captain of the ship, that what do I need? I need water. What is water? Water in dreams tends to symbolize emotions. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds magnificent. I mean, I feel like I've been dragging and dragging all this responsibility forward and all these people in my life that I'm accountable to. And, you know, it's one of those things where I I don't a lot of times know I need to slow down or rest or take care of myself or offload until I crash. Yeah. And, you know, it's really graphically depicted in that dream, that feeling of you're dragging an aircraft carrier through the sands. I mean, Sandra, that is a heck. I know. And it's like I see it like pushing, like going up and down like a bow of a ship in a storm. And it like pushes all the sand away and it just keeps grinding forward. And it was tiring even to dream it. (laughs) And, And while I think that that is a metaphor and it really shows how you feel, There could be another layer to this is your name is Sandra and you're pushing an aircraft carrier through sand dreams like to use. Yeah. Dreams like to use wordplays like that. So there could be something where you feel like you're being drug along, you know, Um, layers. Dreams tend to give layers of meaning that um, that they they the, the symbolism in them. You know, it's like a picture that says a thousand words. You can really pack a lot of meaning into one picture. I mean, that that picture of you, you know, trying to drag this aircraft carrier along with all these people that you're responsible for and it's dragging along through the sand. Just that picture that says a thousand words right there about how you feel about what's going on in your life. And then it also points towards a third layer, which is what is Sandra need and Sandra can step in and go, okay, well, the dream tells me what the problem is. I can come in and resolve it. I I can apply what I know 
you know, maybe it's a spa day, you know, or 10 spa days, you know, but whatever it is, you now have the information you need to consciously respond to it. So yeah, well, that to is make a, some changes, make some, yeah, that could be, you know, maybe you have too many people in your boat. Maybe some of these other people need to, uh, it's all hands on deck. Maybe some right, of these other people who are depending off. on you, maybe they're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, um, Sandra and Linda is a lot of times you will have these dreams. You don't necessarily remember them, but you remember the feeling of them yes, and you the respond heaviness. to it the next day. Yeah. Well, not just that, but that, you know, that spark I heard in your voice, like, Hey, it's, you know, it's going to be time for some of these people to shape up or ship out, you know, yes. now we're, we're using ship metaphors again here. Right. And so what it could be is, is that you find yourself, even if you didn't remember that dream, you might find some changes in yourself over the next days and weeks where you have, you know, shorter leash for these people who are on that boat with you, that you have higher expectations that you start saying, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to make sure that these other people are given their full contribution because I can't continue giving myself everything that I have day after day. I need time for me. And if, you know, I mean, you, you, you willingly give yourself for your loved ones. It's not saying that you're being selfish about it in any way, but it's, it is saying that you need that time because you can't be the captain of the ship. You can't make the progress unless you are taking care of yourself too, along with all these other people. So you may not even understand the dream. You may not even remember it, but you remember the feeling of it and it's already affecting how you are. It's changing you already. You're, it's affecting yeah. you the next day as you go through your life. And this happens with people where they wake up from the dream and they don't remember it, but they do know that they're acting differently the next day. And it's because the dream acted as a catalyst to, for them to make some kind of needed change. Now, I'm going to ask when we come back from break, we've got just a couple of minutes. How do you know if somebody in your dream is really there or it's just your mind playing tricks on you? Mm, yeah, your dream characters, it can be really confusing because your dream characters look like they can look like people that you know, but you have to be careful to understand that a dream character is an actor in a story and that their appearance is a costume and that their actions are scripted. Sometimes you can dream very directly about people and that they can be characterized in your dream in a way that how you really perceive them and how you really feel about them. But you have to be really careful. And perhaps we can bring up, I've got a great example, cheating dreams. This is one where I can use as an example. This is a lot of husbands and wives, girlfriends and boyfriends out there. They have these dreams, either that they are cheating or that their significant other is cheating. And this is where it is really important to separate the dream character from the person that they look at, look like, because oftentimes they're not one in the same and the dream is an entirely personal and it has really nothing to do with them. All right. We'll be back after the break with J.M. DeBoer. J.M., where can people find your books? Well, you know, if you go to Amazon, of course, um, just type in J.M. DeBoer, D-E-B-O-R-D. Go to dreams123.net, which is my main dream interpretation site. Um, right now, the dream interpretation dictionary, is it's been shipped out of the warehouses, and it is available all over the country. And in fact, I hear that it's even making it over to Europe and uh, India and places like that, you know. So keep an eye out. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Did you hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxelmaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxelmaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we're visiting with dream expert J.M. DeBoard. And before we get into the cheating in dreams, Linda, you have a great question. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I was just thinking as, as Jan was talking, and we are the creator of our dreams. We are like the director of this dream movie. So every, everybody in this movie is kind of, they're saying what we have directed them to say. So um, it gets confused. I mean, you think you're going to get a message, but it's really, you know, your own message, and that, that person is somebody you've put in your dream obviously for a reason and he's saying what you need to hear but you're making him say that or her say that That's right that's right they're following a script and you wrote that script deep inside your mind deep in the unconscious mind you wrote the story and so you are having them act out what you need them to act out as part of a story so you begin with your associations with a person and that is oft sometimes can be oftentimes is the underlying basis of the symbolism like in a the uh the dream um about the uh, man who was uh, giving birth we talked about this with Sandra there was a man who dreamed about giving birth and uh he was babe pregnant obviously and that a friend of his was the guy who was the doctor who was delivering the baby and the baby represented the things that he'd learned from the guy who was the doctor in the dream. It was the way that that guy had rubbed off on him, his influence on the dreamer. 
So the dreamer is really giving birth to new qualities about himself, new personality traits that are based off of the influence of the friend who is depicted in the dream. So we decoded the dream by starting off with, well, what are the words that come to mind if you wanted to describe that friend to a stranger? What are the first words that come to mind? Start simple. And that's what he did. And so that's how we decoded the dream is we used those associations and we plugged it in and, you know, said, okay, well, this is how this, these associations fit into this story. You, this friend is rubbed off on you. The, the qualities, traits of this person rubbed off on you. And you are now seeing those qualities and traits emerge like a baby from you. So this is how you begin with when you see somebody in a dream who looks like someone that you know can be really confusing because you look at them and you go, well, you know, I dreamed about the person. And so I must be dreaming about something directly related to that person. And then in the dream, they're an axe murderer, you know, or they walk into work with a machine gun. And you go, oh, wait a minute, you know, you hear about this stuff every day. Am I being told that my coworker is going to, you know, go postal on us? You know, no, no, no. It could just mean that there was, you know, something happened at work the previous day, you know, indiscriminate sort of firing shots at each other, verbal shots, you know, or it could be an expression of how you feel. You are projecting yourself and your feelings onto that dream character who happens to look like a person that you know you know and maybe they choose that person because you're both having trouble at work yeah there can be different reasons for it so i wanted to use cheating as an example because this is one where people wake up from a dream where their significant other has been cheating on them and they go hey why are you cheating on me you know they think that they're being warmed in the dream now, I have on my website at dreams123.net, one of the popular posts that I have up there is about cheating dreams. And one of those dreams is an example of a woman who dreamed that her boyfriend was cheating on her. She woke up in the morning, told him about the dream. He just kind of dismissed it. And it left a bad feeling with her. She was just like, God, there's something up here. There's His reaction is strange. And so she kept talking about it with him and he kept blowing her off. And finally he fessed up. He really was cheating on her. Now that was one dream out of many that I have interpreted that have this theme to it that had, they were entirely personal and symbolic. Um, one of them was a, a guy who dreamed that his wife was cheating on him with the surgeons that she worked with as a surgical nurse. Well, her job was very demanding. And even though he knew that she needed, you know, to, she needed to, to do the job and to continue the work and that the demands on her time and the hours were, you know, just part of the job, he couldn't help but feel a little jealous. You know, there he is, and he's been out of work because he's been injured, and she's going off to work and hanging out with surgeons. I mean, what guy wouldn't feel maybe a little bit, you know, like, you know, jealous or, you know, feeling like he's uh, maybe got some competition or something like that, which wasn't the case. His, his marriage, he said his marriage was very stable. And there is the contradiction that most people can't re can't wrap their minds around. It's like, oh, well, I'm dreaming about my spouse cheating on me, but we've been together for years and we love each other and there's no signs of trouble. You can go, oh, okay, well, that's a big discrepancy with reality that tells you this is a place to focus right here. Focus on this part because you know that the person is not cheating. And so that means that cheating has to be symbolism. But the first step is to separate the person in the dream from the dream character. 
because they're not one in the same. That person who's sleeping next to you does not deserve to be woken up with your elbow in their face as you're going, <laughs> hey, I dreamed about you cheating on me. So who is she? You know, or who is he? I've seen so many examples of this. There was a woman who dreamed that she was um, like doing sort of like dancing and emotional sort of cheating and getting real close with these guys that were her study partners. She was in school and she felt really bad about it when she woke up. I mean, she was really guilty about it. And I said, look, what you're really guilty about is the fact that you are putting your studies uh, equal or ahead of your relationship with your boyfriend. And you know that he deserves more of your time, but you are also really busy with school and you have a job on top of that. And where do you find the time? You just, you feel guilty. That's that, that's the connector. You're feeling, you felt guilty in the dream. You feel guilty in your life because you know, you want to give more time to your boyfriend. Fortunately for her, her boyfriend was a real prince and, you know, she wasn't really in any danger that we could tell that, you know, of either of them cheating. Um, so there are many examples like this where cheating is used as symbolism to describe a situation where you have regrets, you feel guilty, um, you dream about having an affair. Well, describe in simplest terms what is an affair. It's something that you feel very excited about and you also feel like you have to do it in secret outside of your relationship. Well, do we all do how many people out there have interests that are outside of their relationship with their significant other that if they, they, they it just doesn't need to be part of the relationship? How many of you have a secret passion? But there's something that you're doing. It's not an affair. You connect with the feeling of having to be sneaky about something. That's all an affair can mean in a dream is that you feel like you have to be sneaky. So this is how you do it. You break down the dream and you look at it at the message. What is it in its simplest? How can I understand this in its simplest? And then build on top of there. An affair, it means I'm doing something in secret. I have to hide it. Okay, well, what are you hiding? What are you doing in secret? You know, what do you feel like you have to keep out of your relationship with your I have mother? another question. Like, you, you gave the example of of, um, of, of Larry, Bur, Bur, not Larry Bird. Larry Page, yeah. <laughs> Larry, Larry Page at Google, who had the dream, um, and that was the beginning of this empire that he built. In order to have those kind of dreams where it's really going to revolutionize you know, the world or, or revolutionize your business or make something so much better. Do you have to be clear? Do you have to not have all of these funny emotions going on inside of you so that when you dream these dreams, they're clear and the precise and you get it? I mean, it's, it's like a message. It's not, it's not all tangled up in emotion. Yeah, you know, that definitely helps. If your dreams have other priorities to focus on first, such as, you know, uh, I'm an emotional wreck, you know, so my dreams are going to help me first. That's the priority. You got to be able to survive day to day, whatever it is, you know. But if you have your life working well and you have your life in order, what tends to happen is, is your dreams can then focus on these other things. Yeah. They can expand out and help you develop yourself as a person to expand your abilities, stuff along those lines. Now, one of the things that I heard about Larry, and I haven't been able to ask him personally about this or get information about it, I've searched and 
and search. But the way I understand it from secondhand sources and things I've read is, is that he was already interested in his dreams before he had that big dream that helped him to, uh, you know, understand that he could download the Internet. And that's mm -hmm. what became, you know, Google. Um, but he um, had, he was already paying attention to his dreams. In fact, in his own quote about it, he talked about reaching over and grabbing a notebook and starting to write furiously. And I thought, you know. It's because he knew he kept a notebook by his bedside because he knew he could wake up in the middle of the night with an inspiration. Or he knew also that he could wake up with a dream that could give him that inspiration. And, right, and so, maybe he set an intention before he even went to sleep of this is what he wanted to get out of that dream. Well, what I found is, is that it often comes from need that there is something going on, that these great inventions, discoveries, that they come from need. Um, Elias Howe invented the sewing machine. He was in a race with other inventors. They knew that they were close to doing it, but there was a design problem that, that nobody could overcome. And he dreamed about these people holding spears and thrusting the sharpened tips of the spears. What does that remind you of? Throwing, sharpening the, these, thrusting the spears at them. And he noticed that there were eyelets on the end near the tips of, you know, the sharp ends of the spears. And he went, oh, that's telling me how to design my sewing machine. Um, yeah. It comes from a need. These people yeah. who have these dreams, it often it comes because this is a problem that is on their mind. It's a question that they have. It's some it's there's a need for them to be able to tap into this deeper connection within themselves to be able to pull this information forth. Now, fortunately, Elias understood his dream. How many people miss it because they don't pay attention to their dreams? You well, know, you know, since we've had this show today, I have, while we, you were talking with Sandra, I pulled out my notebook and my pen, and I put dreams on it, and it's going right by my bedside. So it is there now. There is no excuse. <laughs> and I suggest that you put tomorrow's date at the top because you know that you're going to wake up in the morning okay. with your dreams already ready to go. Um, and I have on at dreams123.net, I have advice for remembering dreams that might be helpful for okay. you, but I can tell you, you already know you have to give it time. You have the desire. Okay. Those are the two biggest hurdles. What, what else? Well, stay in the same sleep position when you wake up in the morning. If you need to get up and use the bathroom, that's fine, but return to bed. This is important. It's a physical cue for your body. Before you go to bed, that little trick that I gave you, write tomorrow's date at the top of your notebook. You know, open up the page, have the pen sitting there. It, it, it creates the anticipation in your mind that you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to remember your dreams. Okay. Now, you're also creating not just that. You know what? You know, I got to take us to the end of the show. We're going to have to have you back. We are here we today. J.M. DeBoard will be back again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 